Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Andy Staple Show presented by Sling. It is that time I have to pay off a bet. I took Penn State against Michigan. I said Penn State could easily cover a seven-point spread. Penn State got destroyed. And now I must eat $28 worth of Taco Bell. Uh, Where does this come from? Well, if you've been off the internet for about five days, then it comes from this. I mean, admittedly, you want to know how bad inflation is? Yesterday, yes, I had a nice lunch at Taco Bell. Cost me about $28 at Taco Bell for lunch. People need to pay for those things, and they do that by getting jobs and getting in the economy and getting active and getting involved. Wait a minute. You spent $28 at Taco Bell for just yourself? (laughs) For lunch, yeah. it's, It's true. Okay. That's, that's a lot of chalupas. That that's is, an inflation story. That is. He's a thin, you're both thin, fit guy. I can't see me. That, that's just like the opening appetizer, but whatever. You Fox business contributor whose name I have not yet learned did not spend $28 on Taco Bell. Two things I about did, that video, though. One, he had a nice little lunch. He said, I had a nice this lunch at Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> a nice yeah. lunch. And then he goes, people need to get out and get jobs so they can pay for these things. That's Andy, right. this is why you work at The Athletic. You have a job so you can go out and you can pay for these things. Exactly. Though I may that you're expensing it. Depending yeah. on how things go after this, I may be expensing this. Max Olson, Ari Wasserman joining me. Uh, they're probably going to be carrying much of the load on this show as I try to eat $28. It actually wound up being 30 after tax of Taco Bell. Uh, during the show. But the good news is, we guys, we have a lot to talk about. It was a huge weekend in college football. And of course, because when we have these shake-up weekends, we have, to, we have to make sure everything is organized correctly and ordered correctly. So it is the return of college football's most accurate ranking, the Andy Staples Show computer laptop organized win nexus. This is maybe the most accurate they've ever been. I, I think I, somebody tuned up the supercomputers. I, I had nothing to do with it. It wasn't like I was typing these with one hand while I was ordering on the Taco Bell app with the other hand. Uh, so this is all news to me too. So we're going to take a look at these rankings, but I'm going to eat this Taco Bell while we do this because it's. It, I gotta. I gotta say, guys, I probably haven't. The last time I had Taco Bell was when they introduced the Doritos Locos Taco. Was that like? Five, ten years ago, probably. Something like that, yeah. Okay. And it was delightful. Uh, I've got a Doritos Locos Cheesy Gordita Crunch in my That's order. There you go. Yep. The Double Decker <laughs> was my go-to. And the do you, do you want to post the screenshot of the order? So yeah, you got to tell see. people what the order is. Well, that that would require me. Because you got to show people what this food's supposed to look like right, before you so hold up. And, at the very least, you have to read it out so the people listening to. Well, I'm going to need you guys to vamp because... I'm going to need to get that screenshot up. Okay, I, I will. have a screenshot of the order, and I will I will get it up on the screen very shortly. Max, uh, what's uh, your what's your general take on Taco Bell? I mean, I'm, I mostly came on this podcast today to talk about Taco Bell. We can talk about cultural ball if you guys want, but I'm, I'm really here <laughs> to weigh in on Taco Bell. Um, I, I'm a fan. I would say I don't go – I certainly don't go like weekly or every other week, but when I do, uh, I'm, I'm usually pretty happy. You, you end up with – Couple staples that I think are the just the, the best on the menu. Um, for me, I, I I do like a Crunchwrap Supreme, you, which you left out. I I get it. You got to make some tough choices about uh, how to make that twenty eight bucks. Um, I like a cheesy gordita crunch. Uh, guilty pleasure would be a Baja Blast. I know you're not drinking soda, Andy. I kind of wish you'd thrown one in the bag though, just to get the authentic Taco Bell experience. Um, but you can't go wrong. The it's, fact that he didn't put a soft drink on there, or I don't think he put a soft drink on no. there, was the most hardcore no Andy. Drink. I'm not cheating. He put here. like eight sauce packets and no drinks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And some I actually people... got more sauce packets. I have Diablo and fire sauce. Okay. Chris so... Vanini threw in two soft drinks into his order, like a complete soft. Like He's going all the way with it here. Um, yeah. I mean, so, Andy, thank you that? for stimulating the economy. Taco Bell is good. I hope that your experience here while eating it is good. So when you I, go, Max, you go sober. Like this is like I'm. Here it is. Mm. 
Here is the order. So we have a Doritos Cheesy Gordita Crunch, nacho Mm -hmm. cheese. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a a Cinnabon Delight. So that's a two-pack. I have two two two-packs of those. So so there's a little mini Cinnabon donut holes that have kind of the the Cinnabon icing stuffed in them. Uh, I have a steak quesadilla to which I have added jalapeno peppers. I have a spicy double grilled cheese burrito or spicy double steak grilled cheese burrito. That one looked good. I watched them making that. That looked that looked real good. I watched uh, them making it. <laughs> one, one, That's probably the heaviest thing on the on the menu. One classic too. soft taco because listen, back in the day, I used to just destroy the soft tacos. I'd, I'd eat seven or eight at a time, uh, and then a quesarito. I've not had a quesarito before. Apparently, you can only get them online. On you can get them. Is, yep, quesaritos are good. Those are those so, are legit good. I, you I'm, did, looking, this is the I'm looking at the order right here, guys. Here. And I think that's the quesarito right here. So I, I see I probably five total ingredients. In case everybody's wondering, I have done the math on this. This mm-hmm. order is 3,010 calories. Okay. So okay. It, it yeah. actually, given the amount I worked out this morning, if I only eat like one little snack the rest of the day, I'm actually okay. Yeah, right. On my on my counting. So app. is oh, this? Yeah. So how did I you start your day, Andy? How much? Did you, what what do we burn so far? Uh, I have burned. Let's say I walked the dog, and then I burned a thousand five doing leg day. So okay. I'm a, I'm at like eleven hundred that I've burned. I may I may take the dog on a couple more. We walks. got plenty of room for this Taco Bell. I haven't been to Taco Bell in years, 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 years. Yeah, I have you, no, you're a snob when it comes to Taco no, Bell. No, I just, it's, it's not my thing. You love all this other fast food trash, but this, this but you can't handle. I'm this trying to figure out how much actual food this is. Like, are those large items or are they like okay, dollar so here's, menu here's items? Here's your quesarito. So it's it's not small. Like, okay. And then the the that burrito, the steak burrito looks pretty big. Uh, mm-hmm. The soft yeah. taco is a soft taco from Taco Bell, so, you all know. We, so that's we, a quesadilla, but uh, a burrito. That's what that is. Yeah, basically. And I have a quesadilla too, which is, I'd say medium-ish, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll show you as I go to each okay. thing. Now, we so. went on Friday, inspired by this whole thing becoming popular last week, and we got, I think probably my wife and I split about $23 worth of Taco Bell. And I'll say this, Andy, you're going to put away the Cinnabon Bites in about 30 seconds. And you're probably going to put away the soft taco in about 30 seconds. That's going to be really so easy So you went you for lunch out. too. You had a nice lunch we too? We went for dinner. We went to a pumpkin patch on... Uh, Friday afternoon, and then we drove through Taco Bell on the way home. Yeah, yeah, we got a mix of a, a pumpkin patch here uh, in my family, but uh, I have only eaten Taco Bell at two in the morning. I've never gone okay. there for a regular meal. What is this order you're doing? You're you're going with the heaviest stuff first. I'm just eating it. Okay, I'm just reaching into the. There's bag. no strategy involved here. So this is the steak burrito. This thing is big. Like that is not small. Oh, that is and pretty big. The, yeah, it's got the melted cheese and the jalapenos on it. I mean, this looks. Tremendous, but this is this is heavy. Like, Mm -hmm. there's some heft to this. Yeah, like that alone would get you through lunch. Is that is that the same exact thing as the other thing you just ate? Except the ingredients are in a different order in the way it was made, and they put cheese on top of it before they put it in the press. And there was cheese inside the other one, so it's just on the outside instead of the inside now. But they made a nice cheesy crust. Does it taste different than the other thing? And or this is has just got double steak in it. I think the thing yeah. you just had no, probably this had ground beef, right? has got steak instead of ground beef. Yeah. So okay. it does taste different. But, it, it, you know, a little Diablo sauce, too. I'm really, really happy I didn't have to do this. You know, I think he's going to be able to eat this no problem. I think he'll pay the price later in the day for it. But I don't think that the volume of food is anything that Andy can't handle. So this, At this, this point, I want to hug Sharon more for kicking the crap out of Penn State. For that offensive line, uh, but kicking in every possible way. All right, so in this burrito, it's it's double marinated grilled steak, nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, fiesta strips, chipotle sauce, sour cream, and cheese all inside, and then cheese on top and jalapenos on top. Yeah, this is very good. There you this go, Ari. Very, very good. Yeah, Dave Ubbin just entered the chat and said, uh, Andy, as a self-described donut expert, I feel a responsibility to warn you that the Cinnabon Delights are trash. Oh, no. It's from Taco Bell. What Did I think I was getting gourmet donuts at Taco Bell? I bet you it'll be pretty good. Uh, it's just going to have icing and sugar on it. How do you mess that up? Icing inside it. Yeah, That's icing inside part. of it. 
Man, yeah. yeah. If you ask me, Taco Bell's not one of my favorite donut stores, but I mean, I, I, I'll defer to the expert on that. <laughs> well, it is branded Cinnabon, so there is a certain responsibility for them to be kind of fire, right? It's true. To the to the audio listener who's not watching on YouTube, Andy seems pretty happy. He, he doesn't seem to be struggling through this. It's I, very good. I'm trying to stay away from the mic as I chew. Mm. I, I had a radio co-host one time who the second we would go to break would start eating chips directly into the mic. If you mm, want to, that's a problem. It, you remember yeah. the most annoying sound in the world from Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> <laughs> Chips being eaten directly into the mic, way worse. Which is why I did not get a Nachos Bel Grande. That was that was one of those that was a staple of my Taco Bell order, especially if it was after midnight. Dude not- wipes tweeted at you and said, "Where do we send the wipes?" <laughs> oh. <laughs> You send them to sales at theathletic.com and you pay them some money and we'll talk about you all you want. Yeah. Having never used the Taco Bell app before. Mm-hmm. So we all know the sound, the bong in the commercial. <laughs> when you right. place your order, it makes that bong. I was sitting in the driveway and I had my phone connected to my to my truck. So it came through the speakers in my truck. Bong. <laughs> and it was like, oh, let's go. <laughs> You're in the club. Now, Ari, you're saying you feel like Mexican – do you feel like just Taco Bell is not the kind of drunk food you're looking for? Or do you feel like you don't really get tacos and nachos and stuff? When you're no, drinking? no. Tacos and nachos are great. But like okay. if you've ever been to a Taco Bell before, usually there is in very close proximity to this Taco Bell a McDonald's or an In-N-Out or – I love that he thinks McDonald's – is so much I'm better than Taco not saying. Bell. I never even said that it's better than Taco Bell. I'm saying I'm confused. You've implied it. Why somebody, when given the opportunity to go to a place that has French fries and fish sandwiches and chicken nuggets and all the things that are traditional drunk foods, would go would pick Taco Bell. Like, it's why fine. Gotta be a, but why does it have to be drunk food with burgers and fries? Why can't it be drunk food with tacos? I mean, it clearly is for most people. That's why they go there and it's in business. I'm just saying my preferred destination for drunk food is a traditional type of fast food that, you know, and like I would never even think to go to Taco Bell sober. So, you Mm -hmm. know, like if I I feel like if I'm going to put that trash in my body because it's all trash, Domino's, Mm -hmm. McDonald's, Taco Bell, right? It's trash. But please sponsor our show. What's that? I said, but please sponsor our show. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, All of you. It's beautiful trash. You called yes. me a rack. What did you call me? A, a, a raccoon. Because I like trash. I'm, I wallow <laughs> in it. You you simply are exposed to trash. I was born into it, you know, or whatever that Batman reference is. That's right. Uh, um, I uh, I just don't know that, like, you always say, if you make it count, trash. that's. I think I would enjoy the other things more, so I never go there. Well, if there's a Cane's I, right next to our Taco Bell that's close to our house, it's like, okay, I, how do you drive into that parking lot and go, you know what? I'm going to eat like crap today. It's going to be 2,000 calories. I'm going to go get the Taco Bell thing instead of the chicken tenders over here. That that would be a difficult choice. Uh, yeah. And that's a choice that you're faced there. Most times you go to a Taco Bell. No, yeah. no, I've done this podcast before where I had to eat a, a, a filet of fish in the middle of the day. Are you telling me a filet of fish is better when you're drunk? Oh, I mean, filet of fish. Everything's so, better when you're like in that right buzzed mentality. But filet of fish is, I, I would put it in. Does it elevate it when you're drunk? Uh, yeah, I think everything's elevated when you're drunk. We're now to the Eating Doritos wise, anyway. Locos Cheesy Gordita Crunch. I have this. Can you get the Cool Ranch flavor on that, or is it only the... the? It's just nacho, yeah. Oh. It's just nacho now. What a way. So the, the Double Decker was always my favorite. No longer on the menu. This is the this is the new version of the Double Decker. This is the, the, the Tennessee football version of the Double Decker with the Chalupa, or, or the Gordita, and the, the Taco, the Doritos taco shell i mean you're already way more than halfway done now right oh yeah i have this and i have a soft taco and a cinnabon things oh you're, you're are you even it. full um he did have like a, li- a light burp there a minute ago i don't know if you caught it yeah the light mm. burp uh kind of cleared Good things out Max. but i'm gonna say something and i'm a i'm a purveyor of mountain dew i think it is the elite regular soda i've never right. had baja blast before what so, you know, maybe that's one of these crazy, days I'll just man. go get a Baja Blast. Now, Baja Blast, like if you if you want to get a large Baja Blast, that's like, you know. 500 calories of the 3,000 that you're eating? It, yeah. No, it's, it literally is like 420 calories. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like what a, is the twist a million grams of sugar. That's that's the difference with it. But it's so good. What is the... Uh, they, they do make a Baja Zero, though, which actually is fine. 
Is the Baja Blast, what flavor are they adding to the Mountain Dew? It's like more of a tropical flavor. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I almost right. bought the, the melon-flavored Mountain Dew Zero yesterday in the grocery store. Hmm. Uh, with this, I'm drinking uh, the Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda Zero Sugar, which is delightful. Wait, say yeah. that again? Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda Zero Sugar. Oh, okay. I've not seen that one. Taco Bell Fountain Mountain Dew equals McDonald's Coke. I, I could get behind that. All right, guys. We do have to talk about a little college football. Do we? We do. <laughs> because <laughs> that's it for me. Lot, All right. Thanks, we guys. We had a lot happen. <laughs> and, you know, Tennessee beats Alabama, Michigan crushes Penn State, Utah, Utah beats USC, TCU beats Oklahoma State. So much has changed. So we needed to, to decide how to put this in order again. Uh, we fired up the supercomputers and the Andy Staples Show computer laptop organized win Nexus is back. And I think this is the best version of it that yeah. we've ever had. Well, it's, it's truly it's research uh, that we've continued to do into the formula that's getting sharper and it's sharper. It's science. I mean, it's, I don't think it's people realize science. how much As goes into the computer. At the camera. If you're watching yeah. on the YouTube stream, there's just meat flying everywhere. Here are the newest Andy Staples Show computer laptop organized WinNexus ranking. Straight from the supercomputer. Are we ready? Boom! For those listening, I will read them off for you. Number one, the Tennessee Vols. Number two, defending national champion Georgia. Number three, defending SEC champion Alabama. Number four, defending Sugar Bowl runner-up Ole Miss. Number five, Michigan. Number six, Ohio State. Seven, TCU. Eight, Syracuse. Nine, Clemson. Ten, Oklahoma State. Eleven, UCLA. Twelve, USC. Thirteen, Utah. Fourteen, <laughs> Texas. And at number 15, the Fighting Irish in Notre Dame. <laughs> Gentlemen, we haven't seen these before. The computers just spit them out. Yeah, I'm just still trying to process these, Andy. Discuss. Um, you know, I, I, think I mean, the, the stars are still mattering. There's no doubt the stars yeah, are mattering yeah, on this we got poll. By far, the best conference in college football in the top four slots. Tennessee has the best win in college football, um, so they obviously deserve to be number one. Georgia's unbeaten, and three Alabama still controls its own destiny uh, to the SEC championship game and probably As the does playoff. Ole Miss. Sure. So, you yeah. know, how are you going to knock down Alabama, a team that had a close loss on the road to the number one team in the country? That was a good. I mean, I feel like that was a a good loss that would probably outweigh most good wins for other it's programs and weaker conferences. Yeah, that's right. The it's the best loss. loss that also proves that they deserve to be in the playoff because if you lose by only three at Tennessee, then you are unquestionably one of the top four teams in the country. And then Ole Miss. Like, like mean, a two loss Alabama should be in the playoff. No matter what. No matter right, what. Ari? No right. matter what. Yeah. No matter. Yeah. I mean, cause it's like what, you know, what's going to happen at the end. The uh, results are predetermined. Yeah. Uh, based on who's Just on the t- roster. I mean, talent alone. T- you know, Alabama should yeah. be top four no right. matter what no, happens no, the rest yeah. of the way. So it's we like, all know the committee does it based on perceived television rankings anyway. Max, you're going to look me in the eye and tell me that you think that Alabama could lose to anybody behind them ever? Come on. Come, Come on. on. Why would, What are we talking Why about? Why play here? the games? It doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Uh, and then, of course, Ole Miss getting to, what are they, 6-0 and now? 6-0 and in that conference? I mean, that's worth better than a conference they, they championship in other conferences. The, uh, the, you know, maybe... Probably the the bottom five eighths of the conference. Let me ask so you guys this: Would you rather? They can go- only get better from here. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Would you rather go 6-0 and in the SEC, start your season off 6-0 and in the SEC, or win the Pac-12 championship? Hmm. Well, like which one should you hang the banner for? Probably. Yeah, which one do you think is a more impressive? Uh, you don't have to live with all those high taxes out on the West Coast, so you've already won. Yeah, I, I just feel you, like you've, the, you've won. You've won a championship already, right? And I think if we're also talking about like respectable resumes, by the way, there we go. If we're talking about like respectable resumes too, I thought that um, Ole Miss. It was a really respectful performance by them on Saturday because Brian Harson is still employed as as of the time we taped this. So mm-hmm. they could could you have blown him out? You probably could have, but you didn't because you wanted to keep Brian Harson around. And I, only, I think that they, was respectful. And not only well, are they elite, they're elite with class. They they, they are. Uh, did you see Lane Kiffin doing yoga on the sideline? He was doing a crane pose at one point. He certainly wasn't reacting badly to a play that went wrong. Uh, now the the Auburn thing that they, they interviewed candidates for the AD job. This certainly seems to me like they're saying we would like whoever we hire to have to be the guy who delivers the bad news. So we'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, I, there's one way to to do that. It's like, you know, you want the messenger to be the permanent employee or do you want the messenger to be the interim? I think there's pros and cons to both of those things. Well, here's the thing. Have you seen Brian Harson? He he's seems kind of jacked. jacked. Yeah. Like, do you want to be the guy who tells him he's fired? So basically, you'd be like, okay, we've hired you to be the AD at Auburn. We're going to pay you $1.05 million a year. Great salary. There's only one little thing you got to do. See that dude over there that looks like he could stuff you in a trash can? You got to tell him he's fired. Listen, guys, I think there's <laughs> and, and, and worse things just, in the world than getting socked in the face by somebody with that buyout coming. <laughs> and, and just, just you know, if it, we'll pay you even more if you will walk into that room and tell him that we're doing this for cause and you can get away with it. <laughs> if you if you did that, if that actually happened, how fast do you need to run mm-hmm. to get away from Brian Harson? if you say that? Yeah, I mean, you got to get the lawyer on the phone, but first you got to chase down that that goon who who tried to fire you for sure. Oh, it's uh, yeah, no, no, no shot. I I want no part of like I would just quit as the AD. I'd be like, I realize you just hired me. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> I saw the look in that man's eye, and I do not want this job anymore. I mean, that's a man that's been battle tested too. I yeah. mean, think about all the stuff that he's had to go through emotionally and physically in the last yeah. year. No, it's true. Well, you, they, don't wanna, they, you don't want you don't want to push a man who's at the end of his rope. Uh, they also tried this, and it didn't work. As as Brian Harson said at SEC Media, it didn't work. Didn't work. Yeah. He also said, "Just watch." Well, we've watched, but We're, we've watched. That said, you're getting twelve million bucks. So perhaps you don't punch the new AD in the face when he tells you you're fired. I get punched. I I get punched you in take the face. The punch? For, for 1.05 million a year. Okay, how much money? If I gave you four million bucks, would you let Mike Tyson in his current in his current shape punch you in the face with mm. a glove on? His current shape. I don't know if I'd even do that. You stand there and you can't move, and he just socks you in the face with a glove. He but would afterward, pulverize me. Like the, I, I, you could there die. would be a lot of surgery required probably after that. Yeah, the four million is is all going to medical bills. I think. What if the medical bills were covered and you got the cash? I don't. I still don't know because I don't know if I'm breathing right or eating right. But you don't that. get the cash till you get out of the hospital. You know, you got to get through that part. You have to go through the hospital part. Yeah, you got to. And I don't know. Maybe facial reconstructive surgery. But hey, maybe nothing happens. Maybe he just breaks your nose. Hey guys, I, I don't mean could to, come out to, looking like Zac Efron if you do that. I mean, that could be good. <laughs> I don't mean to digress here, but I've only got one item left, and that's my four. Cinnabon delights and, and that and those types of things that doesn't even matter if you're fool because it's just so easy to eat those things. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good right now. Now that's you eat tasty. those Andy and you tell me that's not the best donut you've had in your entire life. Mm. Donut expert David Ubbin doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, that's why it was self-proclaimed. These are pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie. 
We talked about this last week, but you could do the dozen. Easy, right? It's, it's a cinnamon sugar donut hole with Cinnabon frosting stuffed inside. I don't even know it's how you tremendous. messed that up. What's the downside? Um, since we're still ta- talking about Taco Bell again, I wanted to say something that I regretted I didn't say when we were talking about my opinion of Taco Bell. Jack in the Box tacos are probably better, right? Mm, I don't know. Mm. Have you ever had Jack in the Box tacos before? Now that I think about it, I don't know that I have. They're deep but fried. I've seen them. They're really good. That, those, that was the official drunk food of the University of Arizona. Mm. See, I didn't grow up around that, but yeah. I, I can respect that choice. Um, well, we didn't have Jack in the Box. Yeah. We had Crystal. We had Chili Cheese Pups. Uh, we had the ultimate drunk trash food. So that's, uh, you know, this is this is why the SEC schools are at the top of the ass clown rankings. Because yeah, okay, so then number five, then, we go to Michigan, who has an impressive home win against Penn State. No, Nobody's arguing in five. Six, Ohio State. Um, what? Uh, who have they played? Who have they, they played? They've played nobody. nobody you know, and their offense has. Best win is against number 15, Notre Dame. Exactly. And that's a it's a quality win. It's a good win, but it's not like going sure. into Knoxville in an environment like that, like no. the way that Alabama was tested. I think Ohio yeah, State's win. it's not win, going into Knoxville and losing by three. Ohio sure. State's win over Notre Dame is far less impressive than Alabama's three-point loss to Tennessee. Exactly. Um, TCU checks in at number seven. They they uh, won. This is the second time in college football history that three 5-0 and teams met each other on the same Saturday. Mm-hmm. And TCU is victorious in the le- the – Least publicized game. And the one the fewest people watched. Yep. 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 And yeah. And I'll be honest with you. um, I thought it was a really awesome place to see a game. The first three quarters, you could hear individual claps and they don't, they don't make noise when the other offense is on the field. Um, Step it up, TCU. You're six and oh. Next time you have a packed house, which is Saturday, I believe, against Kansas State, make some noise. You know, it didn't get loud there until the last five minutes. Yeah. Like, come on. You I don't know. think I, I I don't think I saw you post like a single tweet from that game until the end of it. Like I, you you could not be compelled to uh, engage. Well, I was too busy watching the Alabama game. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, the uh, well, I mean, it's just like they that was the most boring game on the face of the earth. And one of the things I don't do, and I want to know what your guys' thoughts on this is, I don't live tweet just because I'm at something. Like there's a lot of people who just go to a game and feel like because they're there, they'll be like, and TCU got a first down on third. And six. It's like. You know, and maybe I should have like taken a picture of this is my office today just I'll, to prove to people more I'm more atmosphere sure. than than that. But right. yeah, I also have a general rule about don't tweet in the first quarter. I broke that during Nebraska mm. Northwestern this like year that. and it didn't go so well for me. Okay, uh, yeah, just don't tweet in the first quarter because you never know. Like Kent State Toledo, smaller game, but I'm sure you were following it. Kent State went up like twenty eight nothing on Toledo, and I believe lost 52 to 31. Yeah, and it's also having a, an awareness of the day that's happening, too. It's like every single casual fan who has no – their favorite team's not playing is watching Alabama, Tennessee. Like, I don't need to, like, flood someone's timelines with mundane details about an otherwise lopsided game that was, frankly, boring. Uh, and, I, you know, I started – you know, I think I don't know. Did I tweet at the end of it or no? Because I, I, we were on the field and I didn't have service, so there was nothing to even tweet. Yeah, that's tough. Um, but I wrote a column, so if you were interested in, in reading about it, then you could read that. You know, uh, at the same Guys, time too, I know the, I sound the hypocritical. Taco Bell is gone. By the way, it's been gone yeah. for about two minutes. It's a hell of a performance. How are you feeling? I have I have consumed twenty eight dollars, actually thirty dollars after tax worth of Taco 3, Bell. Three thousand calories. I guarantee you that dude from Fox Business did not actually do that, but I did. And we have video proof of it, so you can go to our YouTube channel and watch if you'd like. Or if you just like listening to hear me chew on the podcast version, I, I appreciate you doing that. All of the items have been consumed. It was delicious. I am not going to be like this Tennessee offensive lineman. Five minutes left. Snap. Tennessee is back. For those who weren't watching on the YouTube stream, that was Tennessee's left tackle in the huddle, vomiting onto the field. Looking up at the Alabama defensive line and being like, yeah, I just puked. You want some of this? That's not going to be me. There might be some slight burps. I'm not going to lie. Something untoward may may emanate into this microphone at some point in the next few minutes. But generally, I'm feeling pretty good. It reminded me of that that tactic in Little Giants where the foam was coming out of their mouths. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, can you imagine being a defensive lineman and 
the tackle throws up and looks at you. It's just like I wouldn't even want to hit him because I wouldn't want it to get on me. Well, the, the thing is, though, <laughs> he actually threw up kind of near where the left guard was going to have to put his hand. Like, it's the, I would feel worse as a D lineman if the guy puked in his stance because then you know you're going to be yeah, like engaged if, in the puke. Now, I post, I put this in the Saturday takeaways on Saturday night. What's more intimidating to you guys? Is it the offensive lineman puking in front of you and nodding at you? Or is it SMU's pony running across the field, dropping turds and delaying <laughs> for 15 minutes? <laughs> the puking and, and the, the puking rally is by far more intimidating because you're looking at him, you're going, oh, I got him. Look at that, he's puking. And then he nods and you're like, oh, I don't. I, I don't want to put my hand down in all. that. No, of course. <laughs> I want no part of you. <laughs> See, but the pony takes you out of your whole game plan because the pony shuts the game down for 15 minutes. So everyone did, did can clean up the field. Did you see the Alabama defensive lineman, though, after he nods? They look at each other like, what are we What are we even doing here? Uh, <laughs> it was <yeah>. incredible. <laughs> it was like the uh, the turmoil of the last 15 years just bellowing out of his body, out of his <laughs> exactly. stomach, and onto the turf in order to That's be- what broke the curse. Exactly. All right, guys. We, we still have more of the Andy Staples Show computer laptop organized win nexus. So we're down to number eight, Syracuse. Undefeated Orange. They're going to face undefeated Clemson in Clemson. The last time Syracuse had a year this good, now they started a little slow in that year, but got better as the season went on. They nearly derailed Clemson's national title season. It took Chase Bryce coming off the bench, throwing a miracle pass on fourth down to keep the Tigers going. Guys, is this the year that the Orange breakthrough and celebrate the end of ACC divisions by keeping Clemson from winning the Atlantic. That, that was like year one or year two of Chase Bryce's seven-year career, wasn't it? Uh, yes, that was that was lots of teams ago. Yeah, many teams Who's ago. been in college football more, Spencer Sanders or Bryce? Um, well, Chase Bryce has experienced more of it because... Chase Bryce has been in longer, schools. I think. I think. I love that Spencer Sanders was in the same recruiting class as second-year NFL veterans. Oh, at, uh, by all means. And, I mean, shoot, the the kicker who made the game-winning kick for Tennessee was a was the starting kicker on USC's 2017 Pac-12 championship team. 17. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was in high school when that happened. Wow. Oh. So what do we think? Orange and, and Clemson. Now, obviously, Clemson fans – if you're upset about this, just win Saturday and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you know, just win. It all seems your like games. The, the supercomputer is disrespecting Clemson a little bit. Is it though? Is it though? They left Florida State back in that game. Mm-hmm. All they got to do is beat the Orange. And I think they can shoot up to at least number eight. At least number eight. Have you guys looked at the spreads for Saturday yet? Not yet. I have not. Give a guess of the Clemson Syracuse. I love doing this when I make people Clemson guess the by spreads. 13 and a half. Uh, I, that's good. I, I'll go with that. Yeah, I think that's it, exactly what it is. Is that, is that right? That's like annoying. Yeah. <laughs> nice guess, Andy. 13 and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So is that high I, enough? I high enough. I Syracuse still, is a higher ranked team. Guys. I don't. I'm, I don't know if I am disrespectful to Clemson, but you I am always on high alert for the Clemson can't get a first down quarter or two. And like Andy thinks that that is over and a thing of the past, and he probably is right. But I would be scared as hell to lay two touchdowns against anybody if I'm Clemson right now until like I am one thousand percent sure. That those, that those dysfunctional the good offensive news here, possessions Ari, is are Clemson gone. Clemson only has to win by one for it to count for them. Yeah, it's just for the rest. The gambling of us, they gotta win yeah, by fourteen. Right. I that's think right. Clemson's going to win, but Clemson could score thirty-four points and lose and lose the bet. So that is what is scary to me. We'll be right back after these words. It's only a kick, a jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Number 10, we got Oklahoma State. Ari was came away very impressed with the Cowboys, even though they lost. I, I still think Oklahoma State's in the mix for the Big 12 title. Uh, for sure. Then we get into a clump of Pac-12 teams, which I I appreciate the, the supercomputers you know, they did this last time with the SEC teams where they were like, we don't really know how to do this, so we're just going to put them alphabetically. UCLA, USC, Utah. It, You know, Ute fans, I'm sure, are upset because they're behind the team they just beat. But I I, I think this may be one of those alphabetical tiebreakers, which is just that, science. That Utah would beat USC on in the Coliseum? Like, honestly. Does anybody think that Utah is a better football team than USC? Um, well, this is, Vegas did. This is this is the point of the podcast where that's I've got, why Vegas I've, favored Utah. I've USC. got Max looking up to the ceiling, thinking to himself, "Is this guy? Is he joking or is he? Being How far scared? are we taking this?" <laughs> <laughs> I said it, and Max was like, oh, okay. we, "We've never ca- Max, see Max is not done with this this segment with us. Yeah, before. don't no, break character. We don't have break. never kept the bit going this long." Oh, okay. I'm so, still doing the bit. We're still doing the bit. No, we're doing the bit yeah. all the way through. Yeah, you got to go. You got to, you know, don't break the, what's it, the third wall? Is that what they don't call it? Don't break kayfabe. Fourth wall. That's Fourth right. wall. That's yeah. Right. Uh, um, where where would you guys, like, would you put, it, if UCLA is 11, which I think is, 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 they should be ahead of these two, where would you put the Pac-12 refs between USC and Utah? I still. Ahead of both? <laughs> Behind both? I still pa- don't Pac-12 know. Pac-12 what- refs are not getting ranked by any system in the history of the world. When what they was said- that call, though? What was that? Explain okay, it so, to me. I still don't but know I what happened. I thought the game control by the refs was, was pretty high was, against both of these It was the way teams. the referee communicated it that was confusing. It was. Because he said a timeout was called, which makes it sound like it's a basketball player grabbing the ball and going timeout, timeout in the middle of a play. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. So for those who don't remember... USC throws an interception at the end of the game, but it's PI on, on Utah. Now, the way that works is the play keeps going until it ends and the clock keeps running until the play ends. But for whatever reason, the clock stopped at 12 seconds because one official did the waving his hands over his head timeout sign. But the referee in explaining what happened said. There was a timeout. Called. There was a timeout called. Yeah. Which was like, do you know it's not basketball? Because I'm not entirely sure you don't know it's not basketball. Okay, so it was an inadvertent call to end the play before the play was over. Yes, yes. Okay. and what's, but, Which is still what's a mess up. None of the other officials noticed that. The only person who noticed it was the clock operator. So the clock stayed at 12 seconds when it should have still been running. And the play went on. Bunch of people got hit, despite the fact that nothing counted after that. Mm-hmm. And so, and then after the game, Lincoln Riley said he thought the officiating was bad in the game, but this is what gave USC their chance. Yeah, it, it did. It gave USC another another pl- basically one more play, uh, but it wasn't good enough. And this is this is one of those analytics going for two situations for Kyle Whittingham. Mm-hmm. It paid off. We'd of course be killing him if they hadn't gotten it, mm-hmm. killing him. But even before the analytics crowd took over deciding whether you go for two or not, it was common sense to go for two when you feel like you have the less talented team. And so give the, t- the more talented team the fewest possible chances to win the game. In the moment when they lined up to go for two, I absolutely hated the call. Like before the play started. Of course because I thought, to, but I thought to myself, you're at home. They're going to have 40 seconds left on the clock with two timeouts anyway to go down and try to beat you. So why put yourself in a position where you're potentially losing in that scenario when you could have overtime ahead of you? Because whether you get it or not, the game is going to be predicated on whether or not you stop USC on the following drive. So I thought it was an unnecessary risk at the time 
but he got it. So, you know, that's fine. But I, I just thought I didn't really like the call, and I would have been really fired up about it if they didn't get it. Corner BC, Lincoln Riley must be fine for those post-game officiating comments. Uh, don't worry, he can afford it. So, yes, yeah. he probably will be. Uh, number 14, Texas. The Longhorns didn't lose to Iowa State. Probably should have, but didn't. Texas I, is back, baby. Number I 14. Think, I think after every single game Texas has won this year, Sark has said, we would have lost that game last year. And I think every game they've lost, it's like, oh, we were, this is a lot closer than it would have been last year. Like, the, it's all rel- relative to year one. This is all this is all golden for them. Yeah, this is, they're back. Texas is back. They're doing things they could not do Definitively, last Definitively, it's been proven. Number 15, Notre Dame. Look, they lost to Stanford, but that's a good loss. Think about how smart those guys are. Think about what yeah. they're going to do with their lives. All those members of the Stanford Cardinal. They're going to have great careers. Uh, they're probably going to employ most of us at some point. And, I mean, if you lose to them, really, where's the shame in that? Yeah. Uh, also, too, like, you got to think about the team's total potential and not the results. And if things come together for Notre Dame, they could run the table here and, and find themselves back in the top ten. It's still very early in the season. A lot of – what did you say in the press box, Alabama? Uh, at Alabama, Andy? A lot of – A lot of golf left. A lot of golf A lot of, a lot golf, of golf left. left. <laughs> I also think, like, this is something that Matt Rule and other people have mastered in the past. I think that it's important in, – in terms of setting a culture in year one for your program, it's important to lose some games in year one and set a lower bar so mm-hmm. that when you do have the big year, you're even more of a genius – than people yes. thought you were when they first hired you. And yes. so I think Marcus Freeman is doing a really good job. You have to stack that adversity so then later on when you're winning, yeah. everyone what? can point to just like, you know, the when when uh you know when Notre Dame made it back to the playoff after their really terrible year and like all the stories were about how Brian Kelly was a genius and fixed the program. Like you have to stack that adversity so then later on you did an amazing job of turning things around. The, well, this, the, the we would have lost this game last on, year uh, stick too was pretty good. Like if we we would have lost this game last year. Oh yeah, move. Yep. It's like because if you don't have adversity, then you can't say the word adversity nineteen times in every news conference. What, what's the dating service on Saturday Night Live back in the nineties? Lowered expectations. It's perfect. It's it's beautiful. So Gotta yeah, they, they're in a good spot. And Notre Dame, listen, they they're, they're going to be fine. They're they're just waiting to strike, and probably going to strike. Because what's going to happen, Ari? Don't say it. I don't even want you to say it. USC is going to beat UCLA. Here we go. They're going to be running the table. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, Ari? Is, and Marcus Freeman to... is going to lead the Fighting Irish into the Coliseum <laughs> and stun them. Well, I read a column somebody wrote. I don't remember what it was, but basically how Lincoln Riley uh, made it to the playoff on four separate occasions at Oklahoma, having suffered a middle-of-the-year loss. And how this could be the thing that propels USC to the uh, um, to the college football playoff this year? Do you guys buy into that, or Max? Do you think they're dead? They're dead. Pay me. Raise the bid over. Oh, yeah, we're keeping the bid going before you pay me. But you took uh, you the, took the, the pull down. The bit's over. The, yeah, the bet's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Feel free to break kayfabe. By the way, Chris Vanini, our coworker, points out lowered expectations was Mad TV. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, sometimes I do mix up Saturday Night Live, Mad TV. I never mix up in living color. I always, I always identify those those sketches correctly. But do I mean SC looks like a ten and two kind of team, right? If they go undefeated for the rest of the year, though, do you think they they have a shot to get in, or do yeah. you think that year one I'm dead? No, I think they have a shot to make the playoffs still. No, I think I think Caleb Williams like when things got when things got a little uh, got a little <laughs> loud in that place. I think you saw a difference. I mean, I think yeah, you still sure. saw Caleb Williams still. Still a sophomore, still being asked to kind of make all the plays, right? Um, and there's going to be a few more games, I think, where, where there's going to be that kind of pressure. But um, no, I don't think SC's dead. Good. And and since the bit's over, I don't either. I, I really don't. Uh, that scenario, I think, would really rip Ari's heart out. The one I just described where, sure. where they beat UCLA and then Notre Dame comes in and, and, and beats them. So, no, I actually thought but, I was ahead of schedule. By the way, Lincoln Riley should be saying that after every game this year. We would have lost that game last year. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we we as in Oklahoma would have lost, lost that game, that game last, last year. year. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sonny Dykes got asked after the game, uh, the TCU one, about how nice it was to take virtually the same exact team that I think went five and seven a year ago uh, and get them to six and oh this year. And he goes, 
Yeah, no, I'm not going to talk. I, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> we have good players, and that Basically, was it. He's like, I'm waiting to see if we beat Texas because there's a certain special yeah. consultant to, to Sonny, Lincoln do you Riley. want to take a big steamy dump on the man that has a statue outside the stadium right now, or do you want to just focus on this year? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think he's smarter than that. Gary Patterson is still very popular in Fort Worth, yeah. despite what happened last year. I think we've got a few good comments in here, too, if you want to throw those up. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, well, no, Tinder. we're not throwing up the dating site, but that's okay. <laughs> Which there's five of them to choose from. Oh, Lee Morgan pointing out Ole Miss is seven and zero, not six and zero. They have not mm. had their open date yet. Hope this moves them up. They're number four. They're pretty good. Yeah, got to beat not Alabama. Jumping Alabama, Alabama wanna, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to move up, <laughs> it is. But R, you did. You basically have spoken that into existence. The, well, the we knew Miss. they were going to have a really good, a, a really solid team. Um, and I don't know if that they've won any game so far this year that was unbelievably Kentucky close win. That's yeah, like an unbelievably shocking win. No, and but they they have not played the meat of the schedule yet. I actually think if if LSU's offense looks the way it did against Florida, and again, Florida's defense I think has a lot to do with that then that game in, in Tiger Stadium this week is going to be very interesting. I, I, I think it's going to be interesting regardless. So, you know, Ole Miss can lose one and still control its destiny. This is not the one you want to lose, but I got a feeling this would be kind of tough on them. Yeah. To, to Lane Kiffin's credit, like, I thought that Ole Miss was they – were, they were kind of one of the teams that I felt like going into the year, like, I felt like they were – legitimately like a top 15 team just on paper they've done a pretty awesome job of taking the on paper to the actual results in terms of developing this roster this year well the on paper part of it was joked about it earlier on in the year about getting them undefeated uh you know to the alabama game because i looked at it and i said well if this is a legitimate top 15 team that can reach its potential there's nobody on their schedule in the first half of the season you know expecting that lsu wasn't going to be quite who they usually are this year that they can't beat on the way, you know, and I knew that Texas A&M was probably going to be a, I mean, Texas A&M was also a top 15 team too, but it, it wasn't a, uh, they were coming into the year from a viewpoint standpoint, but like I said, I don't think that they've done anything increasingly shocking. I just think that they've done what, what good teams and good coaches do, which is put things together that you already have at your disposal. Well, we just didn't know how they would perform with so many new players and, right. and everything changing. Uh, but since we have the Portal Authority, Max Olson, on the show, I want to point out. Uh, so Nick Suss, the, the beat writer for the Clarion Ledger, tweeted this out the other day. Against Auburn, players who did not begin their college careers at Ole Miss, this is just in the Auburn game, combined for 421 yards from scrimmage, three touchdowns, 43 of the team's 75 tackles, three sacks, 6.5 tackles for loss, one forced fumble and one fumble recovery. Those are all people out of the portal. It's it's awesome to see. Um, and that's also like, and you're not going to hit on every single one of them. And I wouldn't say that necessarily Ole Miss has, but um, you know, you also have, they have a bunch of situations on the team where you look at like the running back room and you bring in Zach Evans and, and Ulysses Bentley and you think those guys are going to lead the way. And Judkins has been unbelievable as a true mm-hmm. freshman, right? Like that's w- when you do it right. You get you bring guys in and you everybody kind of within the team understands the best guys are going to play, period. Like you're going to see other guys stay and develop and maybe even surpass the guys that you brought in. And that's kind of what I feel like Ole Miss has has done right this year so far is, yeah, they added pieces all over the place. But I do kind of feel like it's brought up the level of play of everybody else around them, too, which was kind of no sure thing when you looked at the difference between last year's team and this year's just kind of who they lost. You know, when you read stats like that, um it makes you wonder if we're closer to the era where recruiting rankings don't tell as much of the story as they do or used to. Oh, I need the orchestra hit here. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it's just like, well, I mean, Ole Miss, I believe is a top 25 composite. And like they get, they get the harness, the Zach Evans ranking into their, into, but like their recruiting rankings in the past, you know, three or four years don't add up to what we're seeing. And then you see that production. It's like, well, where they finish in the actual high school rankings in a given year, if they're going to have that type of production from newcomers from other programs, it's not as reliable of a metric as it has been for the last 20 years. Yeah, we're and, just going to have to reevaluate you, how we... Yeah, and I think we're the team talent, then you've got to figure out how to calculate that in the future, right? Where if we're... Mm-hmm. I, I think what will become standard, it's not standard yet other than a 20, 24-7 and a little bit on three, but 
recalculating a guy's grade when he goes in the portal and then using that grade in team talent, I think is probably kind of how we're going to have to start figuring out in the future, Ari, right. sort of what, what is your actual talent and level? And I think because that you can make different the case, Max, that doing that is actually less reliable than trying to figure out whether a high schooler is going to be good one day. Possibly. Possibly. I like that we've veered into this direction with the conversation of how do you determine now team talent when so many players are coming out of the transfer portal, Ole Miss is, is probably the most extreme example, but you know, I, I, but look, look at, at USC. Yeah. USC is another great example, but even Tennessee, I think, you know, Brew McCoy, they get his recruiting ranking from, from high school, but you know, do they, Hendon Hooker was a, a decent recruit, but what's Hendon Hooker now? <laughs> He's a, he'd be a five-star now. He wouldn't have been a five-star coming out of Virginia Tech, though. It's it's very strange the, how... The thing that gets murky there, Andy, is that if you re-rate... Because like, here, here's the thing. Everybody looks at the recruiting rankings. I don't know if a lot of fans look at the team talent composite. Is that fair? I think so. And I think probably that we're so. tr- probably veering towards a future where the team talent composite in a given year is far more relied upon than the recruiting rankings before it to give us a gauge. And by doing so, I think the conventional wisdom, and and we'll let Max answer this, um, is that we would re-rank or re-rate the players who transfer based on the information that we have to give us a more, um, you know, complete picture of how talented a team is going to be in that year. But the problem with that is that if you only re-rank the players who are transferring in, but you don't re-rank the players that over or underachieve their high school ratings on the same roster, then you're not going to get the same complete picture. It's going to be it's going to be fractured, right? Right. It's it's a it's yeah. a, right, or you're saying it's a little more accurate, but it's not really accurate. Yeah, overall. because the whole point of the composite rankings isn't necessarily who who outdid their ranking or who failed to achieve what their ranking indicated. It's that it's the accumulation of the math and the averages out of well, this guy hit, this guy missed, this guy hit, this guy missed over the course of 85 people that give you a good idea of what that roster is made of. So I feel like if you do re-rank or you do, you know, do the impossible, which is what if a player goes to a place for a year or two, doesn't play at all, and then leaves, how do you re-rank that guy? Mm -hmm. That's an issue. Mm -hmm. But then, too, if you don't re-rank Hendon Hooker, then how are you going to re-rank anybody who transferred in? It's not a a very good metric to me. So, like, how are we going to get to a point where we have a metric – that is talent based. That's as accurate as possible from scholarship scholarship eighty five to scholarship one. Yeah, and, and the, pull up this uh, this comment, Andy, because I think this is a great point. Um, there's there's a niche in the market for anyone who's paying attention here. I, I think that's one hundred percent right. right. We are describing a problem that somebody's going to solve. Um, I I think that um, I I think you're right, Ari. Like I, th- th- there's a challenge here. We're, we're, we've kind of taken the first step of saying, okay, we're going to take um, a recruiting class and then we're going to take your portal class. And like a portal class is not a term we even really used a couple of years ago, right? And and of trying to evaluate, well, how did you how did you do in transfer recruiting? You know, compared to others, how you know what's the quality of the players you brought in? And then trying to kind of smush those together and say, here's how your overall class ranks. But you're right, there's a problem in that, which is that they these are players at different you know, phases of their career. And so then to try to combine that into a class ranking is it's about the best you can do, but then to take the overall team talent, you're right. You're not really looking at the whole roster and saying, taking the Hendon Hooker example of, well, is he really a, you know, I think he, I assume he was a four star at the time. He, is he, he really was a four star high school recruit, low, low four star. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it was mid four star. I think it was two fifty. Yeah, he was a pretty big recruit. Right? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, take, taking or Jalen Hyatt, right, or whoever, and just saying, okay, well, what should the ranking be now? Like, yeah, that that is a challenging part of of team talent, and one that, like, how do you can you really like regrade guys going into every season? Like, that's that's going to be difficult. And yeah, what about half not, the roster that hasn't played yet? Right. right. Yeah, I mean, half the roster at Alabama are five star prospects just waiting their turn. Yeah, it's it, it, it is tougher now, and. I kind of like that there isn't a cheat sheet anymore. But then do you take the so Ari should team talent be your top 40 players basically? I think team talent should be 
what players were rated in high school, no matter what, and combining them together the way that it is. I think that's the most accurate way to do it because even though a player... It's the most might fair be way fun- to do it. But the, the, I think the oh, upside of re-ranking is that you're introducing more information into, the, into those sure, grades. Sure, absolutely. And if you re-rank and then you mesh them together, it might not be as accurate as you would like, but is it more accurate than how it's done now? Is a is a good. I got question. you. I got well, you. And, and this is this is why I, I asked this question because I'm a firm believer in Bud Elliott's blue chip ratio. Well, guess what? If Tennessee were to win the national title, they're not in the blue chip ratio. And that's and where right. you have to, you know. And, and I've so like, how do you, where, what what grade then do you like? Let's take the Brew McCoy example. So, what grade do you use for Brew McCoy and doing the blue right. chip ratio? He's a five star out of high school, but based on his production at USC, he's not. No, the guy that Tennessee signed, you would not still call a five star. But I think the talent composite is based on what the players on your team are physically capable of doing. I don't think it's necessarily how productive of a player have you been. How many players on your roster, one through eighty-five, do you have that do things from a physical? standpoint that other people just can't do it's like i don't know this is probably the most extreme example that you can come up with but watching bryce young play like the things that he does are the reason why he was a five-star prospect this isn't coaching right he is a wizard you know and i feel like the more players that you have on your team that illustrate freakish physical traits Mm -hmm. coming out of high school the better your team is going to be some are going to make it some aren't but the cumulative aspect of that is what makes that a reliable thing. So that to me has always been the most important metric because you have teams that have, you know, achieved more than their composite ranking would indicate, but that just means that you're a hell of a, a talent evaluator. And I yeah. almost feel like if we use it as a crutch the way that I have it sometimes of like this is this is the composite rankings for the talent and here's how the season's going to end. If you really look at it, guys, the only thing that that thing is good for is predicting the national champion or the teams that are going to play for a national championship. Right. If you go it's, from teams 10 to 30, it's all over the place. Right. It's not It's not going to predict who the, the second or third best team in most Power 5 leagues is, is going to be even. Right. That, so, right. And that's so like when you say you kind of like the idea that it is kind of all over the place, Andy, it kind of already is. But in a world where we're always talking about who's going to win the national championship – it's a very easy metric to use when you're talking about those teams that are built that way. But if Tennessee were to win the national championship this year, I think it would be the first time ever that a team outside of the blue chip ratio won a national championship. And I don't even know where they are right now. They're still not that far out of it. They wouldn't be far out. I think they're, I think they're like 18 or 19. 19. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's not that, that is still pretty far. Because my tenant is there's only top six can do it. So if you, well, if right. you and, and a Bud, 19 in there. Bud has a cut line of, I believe yeah. it's 60% of your players are four or five-star recruits, or 50%. 50% yes. of your players are either four or five-star recruits. So uh, Tennessee, I think, actually next year will probably fall above the cut line anyway. Here's but, where their roster breaks down, because I think it's important for people to visualize it who are listening. Tennessee's 85 scholarship players, um, two five-star prospects on the roster, 24 four stars um, and the rest are three stars. So that is, I think uh, roughly a third. Yeah. So that's not that. And like Alabama's for reference point, the team that they just beat uh, has 85 scholarship players, 14 are five-star prospects and 59 are four stars. They only have 11. They only have 11, three stars in their entire roster. Yeah. And that's, that's why they traditionally beat people so much. And, and, and probably Tennessee, why they'll end up winning it again. Right. Well, and Tennessee has to play another team like that coming up in a few weeks. They've got to play Georgia. Well, I think you're right, Ari. Like, there, there's the thing that to, to sort of like, this is maybe a little too in the weeds, but part of it is like, you. I think what I'm picking up from you is you want this to be the same conversation, right? So when you take the high school ranking, it's potential, it's how would they do anywhere. And... When when Bryce Young and DJ Uyunglele are ranked, it's not about well, do we think Bryce Young will be better at Alabama or DJ will be better at Clemson, right? It's just pure evaluation. Yeah, and I think pure ranked this, yeah. usually before and, they pick a school. And I think so. the thing it'll be interesting to see kind of how the recruiting services do this and and kind of because I think they need to probably staff up and do do more of it in terms of grading transfers. 
is do you, 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 so you take the history of what they've done in college, but how much do you let kind of the fit creep into that too, right? How much does that creep into, well, sure. here's, we're ranking Jackson Dart like this because he's going to go play for Lane Kiffin. And so we think maybe that makes him a five or whatever, right? Like yeah. that's going to be the thing where if you go a little bit too far in saying, well, these transfers are ranked like this because we think they're going to make a big impact for this team, then you're ranking transfers a totally different way than you're ranking high schoolers. And then you're also introducing bias into the equation too. For sure. And the hope is that bias is, Listen, everybody that listens to the I mean, podcast, the, it, they're like, hey, biased the anyway. The they are the literal yeah. rankings. <laughs> like it's, no, it's, no, but I'm saying if you're a person who lives in Oxford and you're re-ranking a transfer, you might be more inclined to, and, and I get maybe this happens too with local analysts with the high school players, but you might be more inclined to over-rank Jackson Dart based on the fit of that rather than who he is as a person uh, or a player. And I think that, keeping it as faceless and nameless as possible and just going based on pure physical ability and then letting the coaches mold it, I think is the more pure way to do it. Um, especially considering the fact that not every single player that will have a chance to be reoperated, uh, re-ranked or reanalyzed are going to have the same window of information. Like in the high school rank, theoretically, most of them go to camps and you know, a lot of these guys are are analyzed in a very same way. Maybe these Southern players are more because there's more analysts down there. But when you start introducing the transfers, how do you, you – you can't analyze them all the same way because there's going to be a very degree of, of information available. Yeah. So no, it's going to be really tricky. Well, and, and what you've just described, all of this, the, you know, pain in the butt of doing this, this is what coaches are dealing with as mm-hmm. they decide how many scholarships do I use for high schoolers what I use in the portal. This is the conversation you and I had with Lane Kiffin two weeks ago or saying the same thing. And they're, they're trying to get real measurements on these players that are in the port. Like if, if there was a combine where all these guys went to, that'd be great. Right. Cause then you could kind of have some clear data and, and try to, you know, help the, the oh, the transfer so combine would be amazing. Well, that's exactly what the NFL is. You know, exactly who everybody is when you sign them. Yep. And obviously players, you know, play above their draft and, and, below and they it, still get the it wrong part. half the time. <laughs> yeah, and think about the amount of money that NFL draft uh, rooms spend on analyzing the draft prospects and get them wrong. Yep. Um, but I do think that it'll be interesting to see if the portal in five to ten years produce – like if Tennessee were to win the national title this year, the portal would be the absolute reason why that occurred probably, right? So if that happens, not not entirely, but it, it'd be a big. No, I mean, reason. obviously, the reason is Jeremy Pruitt built a playoff caliber roster and just never got a chance to. Coach well, it's it. either that or the portal. So you pick what, which one you want to drink uh, down your gullet. <laughs> uh, but if you if you do put yourself in a spot where transfer portals are impacting teams enough that they can take teams that aren't traditionally built to win a national championship all the way then you have to blow up the whole thing because you can't if you want them if you want the metric to work because I, at that point then the, the the composite rankings are wrong that that's not my i mean Andy you you tell me if i'm wrong that's not my sense of what i think Tennessee's been a little bit more selective in taking guys i, I don't know that Tennessee's on the level but, of Ole Miss and USC in terms of rebuilding no, the roster they they, they actually managed to keep a lot of guys and and i think Cedric Tillman who's been out a little bit with an ankle injury but had a 1000 yard receiving season last year is a great example of this he he caught six passes in three years mm-hmm. and he was going to transfer and, and Grant Furking, the, the walk-on receiver at Tennessee told me like they sat, they had breakfast the day of the Texas A&M game in 2020. This was a little final game of the season. The one where all the stuff came out about Jeremy Pruitt and Cedric's like, Hey, I, I think I should probably go in the portal. And Grant's like, okay, but, there's a lot of dudes in the portal with no catches or six catches. Like, what do you think's going to happen? Because remember, Cedric wasn't even, wasn't a huge recruit either. And he's like, your your best shot is actually probably stay here. And they had a few guys do that. And the Hypo staff came in and said, hey, give us a chance. And they did. And it stopped the bleeding. But uh, – Alias Gray pointing out Eric Gray would be huge for them. Yeah, Eric Gray, Wanye sure. Morris, uh, Key Lawrence. These are all guys who started Oklahoma now. Could could still be at Tennessee, and they'd be a lot deeper than they are now. So all that stuff matters. You know, Wanye Morris might have been at left tackle puking instead. So if Tennessee wins the national championship this year, they are just an exception to the rule. They, they are. And 
Yes, because like if Ole Miss wins the national title this year, we could be like, oh, well, maybe this should be the new model for building a for team. For sure. Yes. But yeah, so Ole Miss there's going to be programs that, that you know move towards, we're going to take 15 transfers a year. But yeah. you've also now just completely convinced me that Tennessee has no chance to win at all. So, so, we'll so when Tennessee-Georgia week comes around, are you're all in on, on the dogs? I don't know, man. They just beat Alabama at home. But that that, I think to me, if Josh Heupel were to win a national championship this year, would probably be amongst one of the more shocking results of any season in the history of the sport. It would. Right? It would. But given what we saw on Saturday, it's I, I believe it to be a possibility now. I don't know if it's a likelihood, but it's definitely a possibility. One more yep. thing before we go, guys. Uh, from the just a, a public service announcement. Run everything by people before you put it on the internet. Like we have great editors at The Athletic. They, they look at our stuff before it goes out. Just usually just just have one person and one set of eyes see something. Uh, Michigan State found out what time the, the Michigan game is going to kick off. The, the Michigan State is off this week. They just beat Wisconsin in double overtime. Big win for them. Uh, the, the Spartans needed it. Huge game against Michigan coming up. So they, they do. They put out a tweet saying the game's at 7.30 p.m. on ABC on October 29th. And you've got Sparty. And it says mm-hmm. at... And somebody flipped the the Michigan M upside down. And I think they were trying to make fun of Michigan by flipping the M upside down. It's like their version of horns down, maybe. Except the problem is when you flip an M upside down, what do you get? (laughs) You get a W. So they gave Michigan the W. Uh, That's fun. You're talking about focus grouping tweets. I thought you were talking about Tennessee's pay for our goalpost tweet. Oh, no. That that was, uh, yeah. I thought that's where you were going with it. I thought that was genius. I imagine they've had a lot of people offer them donations of any of lots of kinds over the last weekend. That was that was brilliant. Although I was a little surprised when I woke up Monday morning and they were only at like fifty nine grand, and they felt like they had. I told you it was obscenely expensive. They're, they're fifteen thousand dollars a piece to post themselves. But so I think why are we some, at sixty Gs? So there's some labor involved in putting them in. Probably yeah, shipping. That's all part of it. Shipping. I had so. to get a new shower head and it cost me a thousand bucks because he had to drill through our wall. It wasn't the shower head, but it still costs that much. I want to see our kind of shower head are we talking about? Dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Waterfall? What are we doing? comes from the top of the ceiling? No, uh, it was just broken. Oh. There was a pipe problem in the wall that we had to knock Your down. Your house was built like three years ago. Why is everything breaking? Buddy, you're just, it's a tape recorder from my bedroom conversation with Britt the other night it's just like why we did this to avoid this crap i don't want anybody breaking drywall down uh in our house ever again i mean i, I have no temperament i i'm so frustrated by it our garbage disposal is broken that's an especially nasty thing that, that why? to change out <laughs> but, oh you know, yeah come back for the next episode when ari learns how to hang drywall and replace the garbage disposal yeah this has been this old house where Andy eats thirty dollars worth of Taco Bell. Now, Andy, are you are you like a little sweaty over there, or how, how are you feeling? Not bad. You, you have I, like a little bit of a glisten, but maybe that's just uh, maybe I didn't I, know if that's, that's the, the Taco the Bell lighting. sweats coming on I a think little that's bit. A, so the the clouds, have, I have the the blinds open. The clouds have come in. It's darkened a little bit, and uh, okay. so I'm going to get a little shine on my face. But that is not actually from the food. I had a moment or two. And I backed away from the mic, so you didn't hear it. <laughs> but I had a moment or two. But right now, it would, it would be good. funny if he was like running to the toilet during these ad reads, Ari, and we just right. had no idea. Speaking of the plumbing, the plumbing feels great right now. So I can't make any promises for two, three hours down the road. How long does Drano have to be in the drain before you're allowed to flush through the water in there? <laughs> it's like 24 hours, right? Okay, so you, well, that you're, you're a ticking time bomb right now. <laughs> I got news for you. <laughs> Do you think this will be better or worse than after the mustard? Better. Better. Yeah, I, I will not be graphic, but I will give you an accurate portrayal of what happens to me. So don't worry. Uh, maybe I'll tweet it out to everybody. Maybe I'll just text it to you guys, but I will make sure that you're aware of how I came through this. But I got to tell you right now, feeling pretty confident. Feeling like it's going to be good. Might need a nap. We'll talk to you later.